tell me more about how his eyes look, Simon. It's almost <laughs> as if Simon enjoys being chastised by Baz or something. Like, is this how you describe your enemies? It's really not. Hot. Yeah, like, basically. <laughs> I feel like I just want to be, like, quote-unquote enemies for every time we bring up Baz. You want to get sexy? Yeah, let's get to the sexy stuff. Hello, and welcome to Escape from Reality, a podcast where two queer IRL witches read Wayward Son by Rainbow Rowell and talk about it. I am Lark Malachi Gray. And I am Jesse Blount, and today we are talking about chapters 27, 28, and 29 of Wayward Son, <laughs> in which Baz, so, you know, they're still at Carhenge, and a few trucks have pulled up. And Baz is like, Simon, you should probably leave, which LOL, like, like that was actually going to happen. Out of the trucks are a were skunk, a chaos demon, and some kind of weird mist. Uh, and it turns out that mages are actually not supposed to be in these quiet zones. Whoops. The gang proceeds to get patted down, and Simon is not liking the roving hands of the chaos demon, and a fight ensues. Um, no one dies, but Baz gets skunked as he escapes the fight in Shepard's truck. Simon is still fighting midair. Simon is in a rage because no one fills up Baz but him. He is battle ready and now is at the time to talk themselves out of the situation. Basilton Grimpitch. <laughs> uh, Simon is also maybe agreeing with the mage about the US, even though y'all are the ones trespassing because none of y'all did the reading. Anyway, uh, Simon is fighting someone with hot hands when a gun goes off because America. Uh, chapter 29, Penny is a little bit stunned after fighting the were skunk basically hand to hand. And Shepard is like, let's go to my truck and get the fuck out of here. Penny is worried about the boys and Shepard's intention, but he's like the only one in miles not trying to kill them right now. So she goes, so she goes with him to the truck. Everyone is still brawling. So Shepard takes off and Baz follows. Penny calls for, calls for Simon from where he's still hovering in midair and they get the fuck out. Baz has been shot, but since he's a vampire, it's like, not that big of a deal. Uh, Simon is still flying overhead, but lands, and finally, Baz can make sure that Simon's not hurt. Simon is, in fact, better than fine. <laughs> Hashtag hungry and horny. <laughs> <laughs> very, very true. Um, before we start, I feel like, as I was saying... I'm Lark Malachi Gray. I was like, damn, I wish I had chosen one of these monsters to say that I was. And so really quick, I'm going to say, I am a thick gray mist with human hands, and I would love to know what you are. Um, a skunk. Nope. Mm. Wait. A weradactyl. Obviously. Obviously. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent choice. <laughs> Great. All right. So standard spoiler warning, we're spoiling the rest of the series. And now we will enter. Easy come, easy go. Easy come, easy go, where we talk about everything that doesn't go anywhere else. I love this gag in these three chapters where we get each of our characters talking about these critters and like each of them reads this 
this wear critter as something different. So we start with Baz being like, it's a polecat. And then Simon's like, I don't fucking know, a badger? And then Penny is like, it's a skunk. Like, clearly this is a skunk. Um, and I just think this is very, very funny. It It is actually very funny. And there is a minute where I'm like, because I hadn't read ahead. So I was like, wait, what? What is this dude? And then I'm like, oh, duh. Penny is, of course, the one who's going to correctly identify this guy as a wear skunk. Yeah. And I think in the one of the upcoming chapters, when either she or Shepard refers to it as a skunk, I think I can't remember if it's Baz or Simon. They're like, oh, God, that makes so much more sense. (laughs) I just think it's very cute. You know, I guess I didn't look up to see if there are skunks in the UK, but. Yeah, I don't know. What do you have first? Um, just, I'm sorry, which you've obviously also probably thought about, which is just everyone's favorite vampire, Harmony Kendall, just being like, she left him for a chaos demon. (laughs) 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 Which, folks, is a Buffy reference, and all I can think about once we get confirmation that there is a chaos demon. (laughs) I actually didn't think of that, but that's great. And this chaos demon... Sounds way hotter than what we see of the one. Isn't that like we see him later, right? He has like antlers and he's like dripping everywhere. Yeah, the antlers are covered in slime and the slime is like, it's like drippy slime antlers. Yeah. And you're just like, Drusilla, why? I know. (laughs) Just why? Yeah, this, I will have to say this one sounds way hotter. Yeah. Um, However... (laughs) <laughs> However, I want to know how Rainbow Rowell managed to make just like a description of a human hand sound so repulsive because the chaos demon is described as having fleshy human fingers. And that's repulsive somehow. I feel like fleshy makes it sound like the fingers don't have bones. And I think that's Ooh. maybe part of what makes it horrifying. Yeah. Because I feel like... Unless it's a chicken strip, like boneless fingers just sounds like some kind of like monster. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're totally right. Um, I actually do think considering the amount of fights that Simon still gets into, even being post chosen one that he actually should buy some steel toe boots. Someone Mm. steal him some steel toe boots. (laughs) Yeah, when they go shopping in Vegas, Simon should definitely get some steel toe boots. Yeah. Then he could um, design, you know, he still doesn't know like what the hell he's supposed to be wearing. He can start with the with the footwear and work his way from yeah. there. Exactly. It's a good place to start, like solid, solid aesthetically. Yeah. It, I mean, it is. I feel like you can't go wrong with a pair of like huge boots as a look. Yeah. As, as a like part of your look. I right. Say. I just want to like give kudos to Shepard for slashing these tires I think this was an both an excellent strategy and also like such a good way to get into the good graces of our trio you know both both Penny and Baz are like that was fucking clever yeah all right all right maybe we'll give you a chance yeah it's like both useful and just like a sound battle strategy of what is happening um nothing in these chapter, this string of chapters made me laugh more than Penny's observation about how Baz and Simon are sufficiently distracting in nearly every scenario. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's so 
<laughs> yeah, I also love that so much. It is, yeah. It just, it just tickles me so much. Yeah, it's like they're either like too pretty or like too clearly gay or too clearly fucking fighting machines. Yeah. No matter where you go. Yeah. Which is also very hot. Mm-hmm. And also it is a very good diversion when you're, say if you're Penny and you're maybe not quite as indestructible as Baz and possibly Simon. Right. Yep. Um, so this is actually my last thing here. And it's just my question to you. Have you ever been skunked or been near something that has been sprayed by a skunk? Um, I have never been skunked. Um, but I mean, I've been up north, so I've definitely smelled my share of skunks. So I, I mean, I think it must be just the the volume of skunk spray. Because mm-hmm. like, I don't know, like skunks smell bad, but I really don't feel like they smell as bad as people say that they do. They do. I, so Jezebel has been skunked twice. Mm. smelling it like a skunk that's been run over by a car or like walking into an area where a skunk has recently sprayed is nothing like being close to an like something that has recent it is it's chemical it you can taste it like it makes your eyes burn it is the worst it's the worst thing (laughs) oh my god it's so terrible Like, the first time, I think she, like, got, maybe she, like, pulled her leash out of one of our hands when Evan and I were walking her, and then she, like, came back to us, and it was from, like, 20 feet away that we were, like, what the fuck? And by the time she got close enough to us, it was, like, oh, my God, like, I am going to suffocate. Oh, no! Yeah, it's so bad. It's so bad. So... Simon making out with Baz when he has just been skunked by a man-sized skunk. Like, the level of dedication. I just want everyone to appreciate how much Simon wants to kiss Baz right now. Yeah, I feel like that's like making out in partially inside of a, like, open sewer or something. Like, just like the stench just must be just... Yeah, an open sewer that someone has, like, poured some bleach into or something. Because, like, that the, like, chemical, like... The, the burn. The is really an important part of how foul it is. Oh my god. Uh, And just so everyone knows, tomato juice does nothing, but a mixture of hydrogen peroxide and dish soap is excellent. Um, Try not to let your dog get skunked in the face, because then you have to work around their eyes with hydrogen peroxide dish soap mixture, and they don't like that. It's very wild what dish soap can clean off of animals. It's true. It's true. Welcome to I See a Little Silhouetto of a Man, where we talk about character development. You want to talk about Simon? Sure. I just, his perspectives and like his chapter in 28, is just like the escalating amount of him being like, I'm ready to fight something, Baz, you're being too nice. Why aren't you just snapping this where's gunk into like three pieces? Like what is, I'm just like... <laughs> <laughs> Wow. <laughs> like the bloodthirstiness is just like at 
it's at 11. And I'm like, okay, dude. Yeah. You know? And I mean, I get that these beings are trying to kill them or freak them out or like whatever. But you could at least try to see how Baz is. I mean, until the guns come out, which I guess is really pretty straightforward. But uh, yeah, just a lot of bloodthirsty Simon in this chapter. Yeah, I thought about that too. I mean, yeah. So I think my thoughts, I had two sort of separate thoughts on this. One is like, Simon has always just answered scenarios like this by killing things, even in Mm. seemingly in scenarios where he shouldn't have or didn't need to kill things. Mm. So it's just sort of autopilot. But then I was like, but Penny probably tried to talk them out of things sometimes too. And so then I was thinking about how in the last episode that we recorded, you had talked about Simon's um, like really good ability to like size people up and like assess situations sort of on a gut instinct level. And like, that's why Mm -hmm. you trust Shepard right off the bat. And so I was like, maybe he just, maybe he just like assessed it and was like, nope. There is no talking our way out of this. These dudes mean us much harm. Yeah. Which, I mean, he's not wrong about in the end. True. Yeah, the the were skunk basically says, like, nope, the agreement is we kill mages who come into our territory. It's like, shit. <laughs> That's wild. Yeah. Did it seem weird to you, sort of as an aside, that there's this implication that like all mages know this that you can't go in the quiet zones like the monsters have the quiet zones or the creatures but then it's like the the mages in america don't talk to each other there's no like centralized like you can go your whole life without talking to a mage who isn't your family so like how does this information spread like who's telling them i mean maybe i guess i would say i would say two things uh, it could just be being spread really well by word of mouth, potentially. Or at least if you say, if you live in like the tri, like the four states around Nebraska, you're probably like, oh, hey, and by the way, don't go into the quiet zone in Nebraska or else the wares will fucking murder you, you know? Um, my other thought is, is just like, is that even though there isn't like a centralized like government or any or kind of like school like in um, the UK, it wouldn't surprise me if there was some kind of like newspaper e kind of deal hmm. or or like an even like an online like a website or something or like they're sending chain emails. <laughs> is it, is, there's a really funny Facebook. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, I think that like, I don't know. America loves a newspaper, <laughs> at least before, I don't know, they're all owned by the same three people anyway. Right. I mean, and just because like, and just because there isn't like a formal, like centralized place people are getting information from doesn't mean that like, right, there isn't just some way. Or if a bunch of like, or if you're meeting a bunch of people at like the Ren Fair and you're just like catching up and chatting, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that still assumes a higher level of community than some of what we've had reported but i guess something as serious as if a mage goes into the quiet zone they will be murdered you would find a way to find you would figure yeah find a way to to get the word out or at least at the very least it's sort of like you know how there are like websites where you can be like does this 
which hotels across the country will let me have like bring my pets. Mm-hmm. There's probably some kind of listing about being like, here's the places that are like owned by mages or like you can do magic in, you know, in these cabins because they're owned by they're owned by fairies or whatever, you know? I love this. Yes. It's like it's like niche enough where it's like, I mean, that definitely mm-hmm. <laughs> like that would definitely be a thing. It's can I bring my wand.com. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Um, and that is exactly the kind of thing that I feel like the mage wouldn't look up because he's a douchebag. Yeah. And Penny has Penny has said that before too, though, when she's talking about Micah's family. So we have gotten it from multiple sources. Uh, do you have anything else about Simon? I don't. Okay. I want to talk just a little tiny thing about Penny. And we talked in the last episode about her you know, concern about Shepard being overruled by her curiosity about the quiet zone and him knowing about it. And we get that again here where she's so scared, but this Fomorian is like, I'm a monster. And she's like, oh my God, you're a Fomorian. Like, what are you doing here? I wanted to, can we sit down and have a chat? Cause I am so curious about you. And I just, I am just so, I find this to be <laughs> such a great trait of Penelope's. I really love it. It is really great. Because it's like, yes, I also would like to know. Mm-hmm. Penny, Penny's very consistent. It's very nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, I said a few things about Shepard. Okay. Um, who is, he's very good in a crisis because three pickup trucks pull up full of aggressive magical beings and they're being really aggressive to our heroes. And he's just... Like, you know what? You guys aren't even going to notice me. So I'm going to quickly slash your tires and then start up my car and then try to get the attention of these three mages that I have, like, been trying to figure out information for. And trying to be like, hey, you, I don't actually know your name, but we should leave. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> have you ever slashed a tire or seen a tire be slashed? Um, I have not, but I do know that... Depending on the kind of tire, it is actually much more difficult if you're just imagining someone just like stabbing a tire because tires are, at least new tires are built to kind of withstand something sharp going into it because of how shitty the roads are here. And if you were hypothetically going to write about someone accurately slashing a tire, you actually would want to cut the tire valve. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Because I was like, I feel like that would either be loud or very difficult because tires are thick yeah like i feel like it would even be hard to like slash a bike tire like you could stab it yeah i mean if you if you had a tire that wasn't one of the kevlar ones which is what i have in my bike because it's are full of glass mm-hmm. <laughs> and i hate 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 changing uh, a bike tire then it's gonna be much harder to like yeah even just like get a knife and just like stab it yeah yeah, and so that this is all hypothetical. I am not advising anyone to ever slash the tires of people that have uh, anti-abortion or Trump uh, stickers on their car. This is all hypothetical, and um, don't try that at home. <laughs> um, I do want to tell you a story, though. I don't think I've told you this story. You can stop me if I have. So one night, Evan and I were walking one of our dogs. It's pretty late. It was maybe like... 10 30 or 11 it was dark out we were just like walking up the street and like neighborhood street like stop signs on both ends of the block you know so you can't really go very fast because 
there's not that much room but this car comes like flying down the street comes to a screeching halt someone very like purposefully and aggressively gets out of the car with a baseball bat slams their car door goes over to another car that's parked on the street swings their bat hits the car presumably as hard as they can but their baseball bat was made of aluminum so it kind (laughs) of just went dink and then they like ran back to their car and like peeled the fuck out and i was like that must have been the most disappointing thing that has ever happened to that person that is really funny that is hilarious um i like don't i know like whoever's car got hit probably never knew that it happened it's good like a week later and they're like dang someone like a cart must have like rolled into me at the grocery store or something yes. and i'm like <laughs> that's really funny i know all right um yeah i wanted to ask a few questions about baz i guess namely why do you think he didn't kill the skunk uh okay i think it's twofold which i think actually probably both connect to each other is that i think the first off is that i think baz is less sure of sort of what's happening than simon is like simon's already is already like collected all the information in his brain split second he's like nope these guys these guys want to cause us harm i'm like i'm ready to fucking jab my sword into any of them mm-hmm. you know and best still kind of like maybe we can resolve this by just getting away and not having to murder anyone and i think the other side of that is which connects kind of his like his whole thing in this book is i think that he doesn't want like, he, he like in order for him to do that he would have to use his like vampire strength and i don't think he wants to do that and mm. i th- i don't think he feels comfortable doing that because mm-hmm. like simon is right he could just like i mean people are less breakable than i think the perception is but if baz is a super strong vampire he could break this dude over his leg like he did that shotgun yeah if you could break a shotgun over your knee you can break a spine do yeah. kind of anything <laughs> yeah. yeah um but i think baz is very leery of like approaching that side of his like his that like side of his vampire self mm-hmm. and that and that's why i think he doesn't do that and i also think that's why we have simon pointed out it's just like baz what are you fucking do <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know yeah and yeah that what that makes me think of sort of baz also is like yeah we just didn't know and i what we've seen of him so far is sort of a preference for like de-escalation too and I think a sort of uncertainty about, you know, the lines between, like, evil and just unfriendly, which I think you should be uncertain about. So I do appreciate that he's like, if we can talk our way out of this, we ought to. Yeah. Though I also agree with Simon that it does seem like right out the gate that these dudes are like, wow, it looks like we have some people to kill. You know, <laughs> there's not yeah. a lot of... Really. I mean, and it's it's good for that to be there because I think Simon is always ready to be like, I'll just fucking break your neck if I can. I'll just jab something into your like into your eye. I like it's not gonna phase me one bit. Yeah, totally. <laughs> well, I guess maybe that's debatable. It's he's just collecting it for later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. It's just it's just gathering in a rest in a recess of his brain to come out at a later date. Yep. Yep. 
Yep. Uh, cool. Final Baz note is just this line from Penny that he is truly frightening when he's not pretending to not be a vampire. Yeah. I like it, and I like that she says it respectfully. Like, she... Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't sound... She doesn't mean, like, and I'm scared of him. She's like, cool. Yeah. I know. I was, like, trying to envision in my head the sort of, like, effortless running you would do like what was happening where it's like you know uh shepherd is like flooring it and baz is just like not i mean he's not breaking his sweat because he's not going to he's a vampire he's just going to be like mm-hmm. even not jogging but you know what i mean yeah i i did find that in that moment despite having never read or watched twilight all i could think about was that thing in twilight where apparently i think edward is like I'm super fast and then like runs away really fast, which I've just like my whole context is TikToks where people make fun of it. But it's like I've seen it so many times that I was like, oh, I I wonder if this is like a Twilight reference, like how fast <laughs> Baz can run. <laughs> yeah, I think I've only well, I think I've actually I've seen I think I've only seen some of the Twilight movies and only once. So like all yeah, again, all most of my references just from TikTok also. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Welcome to Face the Truth, where we talk about things that are fucked up and politics, I think, here also. Um, I just want to get out of the way that I definitely dislike this creepy, gropey pat down that yeah. Baz gets from the Chaos Demon. Um, and uh, Simon is right to jab him in the neck. <laughs> I mean, he jabs him through the neck. That's true. <laughs> but... Which, good thing it didn't break Baz's wand. Like, that would have put them really, that would have screwed them up royally. It's made of ivory, so not the most breakable, you know. That's true. Elephants yeah. run things through with their tusks, as a matter of course, so. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> uh, so basically everything that I have here is about America as... It is seen and described in this. All right. I have one thing that's sort of not about that. Okay. Uh, which I guess is that... I'm trying to figure out how to say this. I think I... I and I feel like I, I also... I understand why these magical beings are also, like, real pissed at the gang for, like, rolling up into their land. Even though they're like, we actually don't know. We initially didn't realize that. And I'm like... um. I mean, it's not like the British have a really good track record of moving well enough alone. Neither do <laughs> Americans. So I feel like I understand why everyone's like, no, we're going to fucking murder you. And I'm like, this is what you guys should have done. Even just like, is there like, just pick up the Lonely Planet Magical America edition. <laughs> just, just skim it. Just skim it. Something. Um, actually, that made, makes me remember that a question that I had about this sort of agreement about the quiet zones or whatever it's just the skunk says basically that like the normals that exist inside of the quiet zones belong to them and i was just kind of like what do you do with them like what does that mean i guess i was i mean i guess it's hard to say because i mean skunks skunks are omnivores so i but i don't necessarily think the worst skunks are eating people but maybe they kind of 
I mean, maybe they're coexisting, you know, or maybe it's like because sort of the root of the magic in this world is from words that they still need people. I mean, I guess it's like, I mean, I know this is like a, not a magical area, but like maybe there's somehow still like some sort of connection that magical beings still need hmm. normals around, you know, or maybe it's just like the regular thing of like, we need someone to fucking run the, like the gas station and the general mm. store in this area. So we're not having to leave the quiet zone and go where there are mages to fill up our ginormous pickup trucks. That actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Even though I feel like that doesn't quite make sense. Cause again, they're at a tourist attraction. I know. <laughs> like, are you telling me that mages don't go? Maybe they don't. I don't know. But you're not like totally in the middle of nowhere. Like you're at a tourist. <laughs> like there's still stuff around. True. And I mean, it's not like they're going to like show up at Carhenge in the middle of the day when there's like a bunch of normals around also to be like, oh, a mage is in our territory. Like, yeah, if a mage is just trying to fucking go to Carhenge, they probably can do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So do you want to you want to talk about America? I sure do. <laughs> I sure do. Um, I want to say, where do I want to start? Let's start with the fact that just like these these demons or whatever they are are so deeply american yeah it is wild (laughs) like the fact that the where skunk has a shotgun and calls them deviants is very like oh wow this definitely feels like some kind of like the thing you don't want someone to show up to in the middle of the night and like a rural part of America. And it's just like, and Baz is like, what do you mean? Okay, queer people? Do you mean mages? Like, what? I love that Bird Boys is on the list of things that he I, I also mean. love that. And it's like, it could be all of these things, honestly. Yeah. And the fact that these demons is like the only word that I can think of you know, who have this very clear issue with humans, I think of all varieties, still saying ignorance of the law is no excuse is the most American thing I can imagine. Yeah. Like, really? How is that so deeply ingrained in you that, like, you who exist outside of the law are still like, no, this is a thing that's true. America individualism. I don't know. Yeah, it's true. It's truly wild. It's truly like, oh, really? <laughs> really, y'all? Um, and this is why uh, I deeply, deeply hate saying this, but I like kind of agree with the mage about his very pretentious, this very pretentious thing about America, which I want to maybe read in, in once you get to Continental Lands. Like, I'm just like, what in the pretentious bullshit? I mean, I think we you could read it now because I think a lot of it we like should talk about. Oh yeah, okay, cool. <clears throat> All right, so Simon is recalling what the mage told him about America. <clears throat> Mavericks and terrorists, the mage said. No sense of community, no common goals. Half of them using their magic to wash the dishes, half of them living like de- like debauched sultans. I blame the vernacular. Wholly unstable. Too much in flux. Their dialect is like a river stripped of its, of its natural bends and shallows. Their spells expire before they even master them. 
My heart is always with the rebels, Simon, in any struggle, but America is a failed experiment, a chaos country where mages have lost all sense of themselves, where they live off the normals like parasites, like dark creatures. And I have to say, as a, like, summary of America, I feel like he's not, he's, I feel like in a lot of ways he's not wrong. It's so accurate. (laughs) I'm like, god damn it, Davey. (laughs) I mean, and this is the thing with the mage, is that the mage is right about He's kind of right about everything and just wrong in execution, right? Like, that's yeah. That's the thing about the mage. Uh, we share strong political opinions with the mage. We just disagree on what to do about those opinions. Yeah. I mean, I think he gets he lets toxic masculinity get in the way of whatever the fuck he is doing. Yeah, and it's very ironic for him to be like mavericks with no sense of community and it's like davy you also are a maverick with no sense of community like yeah what are you doing right um but like he's totally right america is a failed experiment and a chaos country and it's not just the mages who have lost all sense of themselves it's just our that's like the foundation of our society yeah this this is the yeah this is the it's just like built in to the like American identity in a way that it's just deeply messed up. And people wanting to live like uh, debauched sultans is also part of like, why would we want to tax billionaires? That could be me one day. And it's like, no, <laughs> no, it cannot be you. Um, why should we raise the minimum wage? People should just work harder. It's like, I hate it here. Yeah. Also, Simon says that even toddlers in America have access to guns. Which is, which is also true, unfortunately. Yes. Deeply, deeply unfortunately. Yeah. Okay, I want to bring up one thing about this that I noticed, though. Okay, so, like, obviously, America's garbage. We've, I think we've established that. <laughs> yeah. But in, I mean, in the UK, the world of mages and, like, the world of every other magical being seems to be still very much like, I guess we'll let you come to our school. I guess you can live out your life doing whatever. And it seems like the very similar thing is happening in the U.S., even when there isn't a, like, centralized anything, really, where you still have, like, wares and, like, demons and other magical beings being, like, we have the quiet zones. And I'm like, if it's just, like, someone's family, why can't you guys live where the mage, like, where the mages live? Are you shitting me? So, I mean, it's America, so I'm, like, not totally surprised. Uh, but I'm still just, like... It is very confusing, actually, now that you say that, because, like, the distribution of mages in the U.S. is apparently, like, pretty spread out. It's not like there are, like, mage communities. So, what? I mean, I think if we think about the American ethos also of, uh, I don't know, America, about America just, like, murdering everyone that you don't like, uh, if they're native here or not, I'm pretty sure that means that mages are probably just, like, carte blanche murdering other magical beings. Yeah. And, like, no one is here to enforce it, and everyone thinks that they're their own cop. So. Yep, that checks out. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. Do you have anything yeah, else here? Yeah, <laughs> I don't. Uh, <sighs> <sighs> I'm just a cool boy. 
Welcome to I'm Just a Poor Boy, where we talk about ways you can support this podcast. So we are uh, one third of our way to our Patreon goal, because since my catastrophic injury, this is now my full-time job also. And we can definitely appreciate any amount that you can give. But the $3 amount goal comes out to 10 cents a day. If you have other people's couches you can dig change out of, you too. (laughs) (laughs) You too can join our Patreon. And we have a bunch of other fun stuff. You get longer and earlier episodes of Escape from Reality, along with our Patreon-exclusive Buffy the Vampire Slayer podcast, We Are the Gayers. And you get also access to our Patreon-only Discord, where you too could talk about where skunks and, <laughs> you know, snow baths with me and other fans of this show. So uh, consider it. And, you know, if you're not in a place you can financially support us, considering telling all your friends and family about this here show. Because the more listeners we get, the higher chance that someone has $3 a month to give to us. Yeah. And if you have more than $3 a month, that's awesome, because we still need, like, over a thousand three dollars a month patrons to hit our goal, <laughs> but, like, only a couple hundred, uh, you know, $21 a month folks. So if you can hit the 7 or 13 or 21 or $33 a month levels, that'd be super. And I just did want to mention that we're going to be watching Batman and Robin, the, the least loved of the Batman <laughs> movies of recent times. Because it's so campy, and campy is wonderful. It's full of puns, which we all know gay people love. It's going to be great. We're going to be watching that with our patrons on Discord. So totally join us. It's going to be a wonderful time. Patreon.com slash the Gaily Prophet. Thank you very much. Okay. (laughs) And with that... Welcome to Send Shivers Down My Spine, where we talk about sexy stuff. Post-battle makeout! I think some sexy stuff happens before that, personally. That makes sense to me. I think that Baz breaking a gun over his knee is very hot. Guns suck, and people exhibiting physical strength in ways that are non-threatening is hot, and so someone doing that with a gun is very attractive to me yeah triple hot if you will Uh uh (laughs) um also very very attracted to simon's line i'll be damned and drawn and fucking quartered before i watch some devil-eyed goat feel up my boyfriend right in front of me okay yeah Mm -hmm. that was when he's like oh you're not getting out of this a lot like nope Mm. you just literally signed your own death certificate and in general it's not good for people to murder someone for feeling up their partner however this is a demon that has expressed that they plan to kill them so it's okay (laughs) in this very specific circumstance yeah um can we also talk about simon's dramatic landing in the bed of shepherd's truck so hot like holy shit what it's like he looks like a gargoyle i feel like <laughs> I know. 
<laughs> like the sexiest, angriest gargoyle. Um, just for anyone who didn't read it, the line is, Simon has landed in the truck bed, crouching, his fingertips down, his wings half folded behind his neck. He looks up at me. Baz. And then he just starts making out with him. Yeah. It's very good. Yeah. I mean, they're, de- they're definitely dry humping at the very least. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you have anything else here? I don't have anything else. <laughs> okay, so the last thing that I have is just this final line of Simon's chapter where he's like telling Baz that he smells like a goblin's lower intestines. And Baz is like, you can get off me, Snow. No one is stopping you. And Simon's like, no, I'm fine. I'm good. And then the final line of the chapter is, wild horses couldn't drag me. <sighs> okay, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hungry and horny, as you said. Yep. What a shockingly good chapter for our for our boys and their relationship. <laughs> it's true. You know, before we started making this podcast, I was talking to Evan about it, and I was like, really not excited to talk about this book. I was like, it's a bummer. I like don't even. I don't know. It's going to be impossible to be funny. And I was like, and I feel like the sun shivers down my spine section every episode is just gonna be like did you find anything sexy no me either and then we're just gonna move (laughs) on but like i was totally wrong and i'm very glad to be proven wrong about this yeah i'm having a great time i think probably for the last third of the book last fourth of the book is what it's gonna be like (laughs) because that is the part i remember being like no no <laughs> so um, we're gonna have to maybe get either really off topic or something i don't know yeah so before we go we're gonna do a kiss kill improvise and your choices this week are some sort of womanish creature with burning hot hands a goat-headed chaos demon and a were skunk all right uh i'm going to kiss the firehand lady i think that sounds it's like, only if only the hands are burning, it's like, all right, well, that's fine. Okay. Um, I think I'm going to kill the chaos demon just because in this chapter, kind of pervy. And I'm like, not about that vibe. Mm-hmm. Which leaves improvising with the wear skunk, which could be a variety of things, truly. What do you imagine doing? I mean, if it's this asshole, I'm like, giant skunk pelt. <laughs> 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 and what is this oh just my giant skunk rug <laughs> incredible which i think counts as like two kills but like i'm gonna let that go <laughs> uh, excellent Welcome to Is This Just Fantasy, where we talk about magic and science and magical science. Mostly it's just like Jesse's Animal Corner, I think. <laughs> All right. Yes. Talk to me about animals. Um, first off, I just want to say that Weradactyl is the best were animal I've literally ever heard of in any book. Same. And yes. Where, where are the were dinosaurs? Glad that they're here. Mm-hmm. Try Weratops. Uh, 
right. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have anything for that because it's just perfect. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And because we go through a variety of animals between Baz and Simon and Penny about what the were skunk is, uh, I thought I would start with polecats. Okay. Which look like ferrets um, and don't look like skunks. They have like they have like white faces and then like a black stripe over their eyes, which looks similar to a black-footed ferret, which is actually native to the United States, and it would have made sense if this was a were ferret because aware it. <laughs> yes, aware it <laughs> because uh, black-footed ferrets are the only native ferret in the U.S. And both ferrets and polecats also can skunk you with like well, I mean maybe not something as big as a human. But they also, like, express smelly gunk out of their anal glands, like a skunk. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I guess if you're a tiny mammal, it's just a good way of getting things to not eat you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And lastly, I think, and this is before Penny's chapter, but the were-skunk mentioned that he does not want any of the gang in in his surfeit. I mean, it's not the correct pronunciation, but that is what you call a a group of skunks. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. Doesn't surfeit, I think that's how you say it, mean like like an abundance of? Yeah, it has another meaning. Yeah. So is it like, I feel like a surfeit of skunks implies like a too many of skunks, <laughs> which I think is funny. Maybe it's how you would feel if you had more than like two skunks in like you're in an area. You'd probably feel like this is too many skunks. I agree. <laughs> Even skunks. though skunks are so cute. Yeah, also fun side note, if you were someone who wanted to own a pet skunk, depending on your local laws, you could. Um, Here in Michigan, you could own a pet skunk legally as long as the skunk was bred here in in Michigan and as long as it was de-skunked. Which I've heard is not good for them, like psychologically. I mean, it leaves them defenseless, which probably isn't great for them. I mean... I guess I'm not really totally sure how if having a pet skunk that had its scent glands would be a good idea, but I'm skunks sure are it would not. skunks are so cute. They're I would so definitely cute. be like, can I just have a pet skunk? I know. <laughs> yeah, we had skunks living in the compost, or like at least coming to eat the compost, like a family of them in a house that I lived in. Uh, it was so cute. <laughs> I mean, a baby skunk is just adorable. They just look like fucking kittens. It's they just, do. and they're like fluffy. They have like fluffy tails. Like, of course, I want to pet a skunk. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I will not do that because, again, I do not want to get skunked. But the urge is still there. <laughs> yeah, totally. God, they're cute. I know. Yeah. Also, foxes also smell really bad too. Yeah. So do ferrets, I think. Yeah. Okay, so I'm gonna I wanna talk about Fomorians. Yes. What this this goat headed critter is, Chaos Demon. Um, so they are Irish, as is stated in the in the chapter. So they were some sort of god in uh, you know, pre Christian Irish mythology. Uh they were like the I guess the equivalent in like Norse mythology would be the Jotuns probably or um, in Greek mythology would probably be like the Titans. Um, so they were like uh, the harmful mm. or destructive powers. They were 
the personifications of chaos, darkness, death, blight, drought, and they are the enemies of uh, Ireland's first settlers slash the the good gods of the folks who lived there, who I don't want to try to pronounce the name of the the good gods because I'm not going to do it right, but so they were the gods of like nature and fertility and magic and art and stuff like that. But similar to other mythologies, they also like would marry each other, the the good gods and the bad gods, and like would have babies together and whatever, because why not? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you you got to consolidate that power. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So they were uh, malevolent spirits that dwelled either underwater or under the earth. But after Ireland was repeatedly raided by Vikings, they became sea demons. Because they were like, turns out bad things don't come from under the water. They come from over the water. <laughs> so they are, our bad guys in our mythology have adapted to represent these assholes who won't stop coming <laughs> over here and fucking things up, which I think is delightful. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that sounds very legit. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> So that's what we, that's what I know now, having read a Wikipedia article or two. Uh, I, I love that. And that actually extra especially makes Penny's excitement being like, you're not near an ocean. <laughs> like, <laughs> Nebraska, Nebraska is about as close to the middle of America as you can get. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, if there's a bullseye on this country, Nebraska is very close to the bullseye. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It sure is. Unless they're in that giant underground aquifer that's under a lot of, like, the western states. Like, there's no, there's no not even really large bodies of water that I can mm-hmm. think of. That's a deeply funny. Mm-hmm. Also, people love a goat-headed demon. True. It's true. Goats have weird eyes and horns. They do. They do have weird <laughs> eyes and horns. And I think, I actually looked it up. Because there's the, like, really popular, like, demon goat image where it's, like, curled down horns, but also horns that, like, curve up. Mm-hmm. And there is actually a species of goat that does that, that has, a, like, weird double horns. And I'm just, like, I should look more into that. Because I'm, like, how does something that we've domesticated for, like, food and leather and meat and milk also somehow is, a, is like, demons? <laughs> I swear I saw... A TikTok. <laughs> I don't actually think it, this was pre-TikTok, pre-me being on TikTok, but I saw a video somewhere of someone explaining how it came to be that, and I think their point was less like this is domesticated and more like this is an herbivore. Like, why are we afraid of something that, like, can't hurt us? And I cannot for the life of me remember what the explanation was. I mean, goats are notorious assholes. I think that... But they're so cute, and also they're so useful. They are cute and useful, but, I mean, I wouldn't want to be gored by a goat. No. And I feel like, out of the domesticated animals we have, it's like, you know, they would do that because they're assholes. Yeah, so it's just very very funny. It's like, yeah, it's like, oh, it's an herbivore, but it's like... Anyway. (laughs) All right, my last thing here is that we learn of vampire information which is that a chest full of buckshot will not kill baz which does line up with a lot of vampire i mean not vampire lore but at least contemporary vampire lore which is like lol shooting a vampire (laughs) right right i wonder what would have happened if the buckshot was silver probably hurt a lot 
but that would be so expensive. It would be so expensive. I mean, yeah, depending on the size of the buckshot. Yeah, you'd have to probably make it yourself. And like, how would you even get that much pure silver? True. Um, cool. So thank you all so much for listening to this episode of Escape from Reality. Uh, next time we will be reading chapters 30 and 31. And before I say anything more, I want to thank Davidson, Rachel Six, Timo Newton, and Oudskled for leaving us lovely reviews. Thank you so much. Thanks, y'all. So yeah, Escape from Reality and our other podcast, The Gaily Prophet, are both creations of Hashtag Ruthless Productions and are produced, mixed, and edited by me. Uh, yeah, if you want some free ways to support us, you should definitely rate and review this podcast on iTunes. It helps people find us and we love reading the reviews it makes us feel very special um you could definitely tell all your friends and you could also totally share our stuff from social media we're at the gaily prophet on both twitter and instagram yep if you would like to find me on the internet you can do so on my website which is larkmalachi.com or on instagram where i'm at larkmalachi and if you want to pre-order my tarot deck it is in our shop at hashtag ruthless.com shop if you want to follow me on the internet i am on twitter at jesse underscore detroit and on instagram at live from detroit the music and our theme song is by kevin mcleod the rest of the music is bohemian rhapsody by queen and until next time scatamoosh Thank you.